Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Torch. I am Jake. And I'm Kimberly. And this week, we don't have a guest to interview, but I think we have better than a guest. Better than a guest? Yes. Who? What? Or what could that possibly be, Kimberly? It's only the biggest week in Phoenix, Arizona history of all 52 weeks of the year. Can I get a drum roll? Phoenix Startup Week. Phoenix Startup Week. Awesome. So, okay. So, first of all, Phoenix Startup Week, last year was the first time I ever went. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know about it before, Mm -hmm. but I was really excited to see that, like, something like it existed. So, so what is Phoenix Startup Week, first off? Think of the best conference you ever went to. Usually that conference is one or two days. It is a five-day conference historically, and this year is the first year they're doing six full days of programming from the very start of the morning to the end of the day into the evening. And there's topics on basically anything you would want to learn if you're starting a business, if you're an entrepreneur. And there's so many cool tracks this year, which we can talk more about. So if you're in a very specific area like blockchain and you want to just attend sessions on that, there is an opportunity for you to do that. If it's more like on the finance side, small business, I think there's a food track this year. There's just so many cool activities, speakers, um, and just programming. And it's all over the valley too. So if you live in a certain part of town, hopefully there's a two-day period where it's really convenient for you to attend. Or if you have the time to pop in and out all week, that would be awesome too. So it's just a really cool week-long conference focused on all things entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. right? Let me give you the high level too, Jake, just so our our listeners understand how big of an event this is. Like I mentioned, first year ever, there's six days. So it's going Monday through Saturday. They're expecting over 2,000 attendees, which is amazing. They have over 100 speakers lined up. Also crazy. And it's open to all industries. So again, it's not like you have to be starting a tech company. That's what's really cool this year. The whole theme, I love it. The theme this year is Thrive PHX, Thrive Phoenix. I think they did PHX though, because that's kind of the calling card for the entire valley. It's not just the city of Phoenix, but the entire valley, everyone's welcome. And it's all about thriving together and including all industries, not just tech folks, which is so important. And you know, those are the types of businesses we work with a lot here at the Better Business Bureau. It's service companies, Um, husband and wife teams, family-run businesses. Everyone is welcome um, to attend Phoenix Startup Week. So Phoenix Startup Week takes place when exactly? It's a great question. It takes place March 4th through March 9th of this year, which is 2019, in case you're listening to this several years in the future. (laughs) And how much does it cost to attend? Um, Okay, so to attend, it is $25 for a venue pass. So there's going to be three venues this year. If you're only interested in going to Mesa or to Phoenix or to Gilbert, you can just buy a venue pass for $25, which is really reasonable. And then if you're interested in attending the entire week or if your schedule doesn't permit for you to attend every single day, but you want to kind of hop around and choose different sessions, the full week pass is only $65. So that's an insane deal. You know, when you attend a conference, a lot of times it's hundreds of dollars for one or two days. $65 is, I think it's very fair, super affordable. um, And you usually get meals too when you attend and there's Mm -hmm. coffee. And I think, I think last year that you, with your admission, you got a token to a food truck Mm -hmm. for the day. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. 
I like that. And I think that it's going to be something really similar this year as well. So if you want to get a ticket, again, it's phxstartupweek.com. You can get your ticket now. I would recommend purchasing it in advance. That way you don't have to kind of fumble around and try and buy it on site. I mm-hmm. think it's always better to purchase it ahead. No, yeah. Plus getting the like the whole event pass. I personally liked the ability to kind of jump around and because, you know, maybe only one thing at one venue piques your interest, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and then you head over to the next place and you get two other panels you want to watch. So, I mean, it's a good deal. Yeah. And the thing is, too, if you're listening and if um, you may be a student or you, you are starting a business and finances are tight, they have really thought through everything this year. So there's financial aid available. So right under where you would purchase your tickets, you can actually apply for a scholarship too this year. So they do want it to be super inclusive and they want anyone who has an interest to attend to be able to attend. So money should not be a barrier for you. So what makes Phoenix Startup Week unbelievably incredible and impressive is the fact that it's put on by volunteers. Mm -hmm. So the leaders and every single person putting this week on has their own business, their own company, has their own full-time day job. It's so much work to put on an event of this size that they literally start planning the day after last week's startup, last year's startup week ended. They started planning 2019 startup week. Mm -hmm. So it's this full year event and it's put on by volunteers and it's paid for by so many community sponsors. If you go on to the website, which is phxstartupweek.com, you'll see all of the incredible sponsors. It's a lot of companies that you've heard of and that you're familiar with. Um, And the kind of overarching organization that really pulls it all together is the Startup AZ Foundation. And so they are really the leading force. But again, everyone is a volunteer. And without the incredible support and sponsorship of all these different companies that you're going to see on the website, it wouldn't be possible. So one of the things, too, speaking of volunteers, Jake, they are still in need of volunteers. So if you're interested in... um volunteering for the event itself i'm pretty sure they're going to need a lot of people Mm -hmm. and like you said it does take place all around the valley there's locations downtown there's locations in the east valley and so if you want to volunteer again check out phxstartupweek.com and there's a button that you'll see on the homepage. it says volunteer now and the really neat thing is if you volunteer you actually get free admission Mm -hmm. so that's a really good deal i mean volunteer a couple hours then you can attend for free So what are the kinds of things that we can expect this year? I know you said there were different tracks uh, that uh, they were sort of holding, right? Yeah, I think this year, I believe, is the the most tracks they've ever had. I think in the past they've done five tracks and they've done like one different track per day. This year it looks like they're doing a ton of tracks and they kind of run throughout the week. Mm -hmm. So I'll just read you the list because there's a lot. Um, There's blockchain, there's emerging technology, there's a finance track. This one's new this year, food and wellness, which I think is awesome. There's an international track if you're trying to do business abroad. There's med tech, so medical technology. There's a manufacturing track, which is huge. There's a SaaS track, which is software as a service. Which, oh, not like a SaaS. No, not like sassy. <laughs> <laughs> it's actual SaaS. And they've done that one in the past, and that one's always really well attended because there's a lot of SaaS companies in the Valley. There is a sports track this year, real estate track, a retail track, and an e-commerce track. When I read that list, that is all-inclusive of 
essentially any type of business or company or brand you're starting in mm-hmm. Phoenix is going to fall into one of those categories. And it's not just for people that are trying to start up too, right? It's like, I, I feel like people who have small businesses have something to learn from this too. Yes, right? absolutely. Oh my gosh. There are so many cool speakers and sessions. You do not just have to be a startup, which I think is why they've really started calling it Thrive PHX, Thrive Phoenix as the theme this year. Because in the past, that's a great point, Jake. When someone hears Startup Week, they might think, well, I've been in business for five years. I don't need to attend. Or I'm in a nonprofit organization. I don't need to attend. Um, Absolutely not the case. There is something that you can learn every minute of every day for the entire week. No, yeah. I think if you have the opportunity to listen to any kind of expert in any field, especially something that relates to what you're doing in your own business, Mm -hmm. and it's as cheap as it is, right? (laughs) what are you doing? Right. (laughs) I know. You have to go. And it is programming from 8 in the morning until the evening. And almost every evening, there is a really cool happy hour that occurs. Um, So that's fun. If you can't make it during the day, there's events in the evening as well. Happy hour? What's... Better than networking, networking with alcohol. I agree. (laughs) And an event too, like it's the trifecta. So next Thursday, there's actually going to be this incredible happy hour at the Foundry Hotel downtown in Phoenix. And not only is it a happy hour, but there's going to be this really cool pitch competition and five handpicked companies get to go up on stage and do a 99 second pitch, which is a very specific amount of time. Not very much time either. And then the audience gets to help pick the winner. Um, so you can come to that after work. You could bring colleagues. You could bring friends or family, um, get a drink, get dinner there. It's it's really cool. So that one you do need to register separately for. But that's what I mean. There's really no excuse not to attend because there's got to be time in your week to do a little bit of professional and business development for you and your brand. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the panels go on for hours either. I think... Um A lot of them are 30 minutes to an hour at most, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I love that. This year they really did the scheduling and the agenda in such a smart way where it does allow for you to pop in just for an hour or two of your day because that is a challenge, right? With conferences, you feel like, oh, gosh, every session is a 90-minute or two-hour session. Not the case with Phoenix Startup Week. There's an opportunity to really pop in or out throughout your day or even just go to a lunch session because they have a lot of – Uh, workshops and speakers right before lunch, during lunch, after lunch. So, you know, pop in. Speaking of, Jake, Mm -hmm. speaking of next Thursday. Speaking of this not being an entirely selfless podcast. Right. (laughs) I feel like there's going to be two speakers in particular that you might want to check out next Thursday. Two speakers who you might have already, you know, be a part of their fan base a little bit. Yeah, they have profound things to say. And you might want to meet them in person. Yeah, yeah. Maybe put put some faces to the voices, voices mm-hmm. you hear on this podcast, perhaps. In, in your vehicle. I think we should cut this tension. We should just tell them. Um, Kimberly and I are speaking at Phoenix Startup Week. What? We both have back-to-back. We're back-to-back, right? We're, we are, yes. We have back-to-back one, sessions. One-two punch. One-two punch. A one-two punch of good, useful knowledge. My session is hit record video for startups and nonprofits. Kimberly, what are you going to be talking about? It's interesting that you should ask because I happened to pick the world's longest title (laughs) for my (laughs) session. was not intentional. And you went for the alliteration too, which I respect. I did. Thank you. Thank you for noticing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, when I was picking the topic, I wanted to 
express what I'm going to be speaking on. I think that's really frustrating when you are looking at a conference or any type of event and it's like a really cutesy name, but you're like, what am I actually going to learn? So my topic is coalition and collaboration over competition and duplication, wayfinding resources and people to achieve your goals. Way too long. Learn from me and do not ever use that long of a title. My main intention of the session is to really help folks understand all the free resources that are available to them in the Phoenix startup scene. So whether you are starting up or you already have a company or a business and you're looking for a service provider or some sort of resource or networking group, that's essentially what I hope to present in my in my talk. And also, I wanted to talk a little bit about how it's really important to build coalition and to collaborate with these resources in town rather than always trying to compete or start your own networking group or duplicate efforts. So that's that's the intention when I devised the session. And then as I've been planning and putting together my presentation, it's it's growing into a lot of resources. So I think in the explanation of my session, if you're using the uh, website or the app that they have, they do have an app for the entire startup week. Hoover, right? Hoover, yeah, it's yeah. called Hoover and you can download it for free and you can really see all the sessions and add them to your calendar. It's really nifty and it's, it's very convenient to use. But... Um, I did a fun play on a Rolodex and I said, essentially in my session, I want you to come and I'm going to share my Rolodex with you because I get to meet so many cool entrepreneurs and business owners. And a lot of times they want to grab coffee or lunch with me, which I absolutely love to do, but there's never enough time in the week for me to meet with everyone that I want to meet with. So somewhat selfishly, if I can get 50 or hundred of these awesome business owners in the room and share it all at once, It's a win-win for both of us. So I want to introduce people to a lot of these resources, again, that are free or very uh, low cost for them to access because it kills me when I meet a business owner and they're like, I really need this and I can't find it. I don't know a person that does this in town or I paid thousands of dollars for this and I'm sitting here and I know you could have had a free mentor. You could have accessed this free piece of software from the library. There's so many amazing resources in our valley that you can access very affordably or free. So that's that's really what I'm going to be talking about at Startup Week. I'm excited to share the knowledge um, and pass it along to others. So what kind of, of businesses or even, you know, individual professionals might be might find your session you, the most useful? Great question. First demographic that I was really aiming this presentation at are folks who are starting a business. Mm -hmm. So if you're starting a business or a nonprofit organization, I think that's where our sessions have a little bit of overlap because there's so much that's applicable to nonprofit organizations, whether you're the founder of a nonprofit or an employee. And I think that is uh, something that they've done a good job of this year is including nonprofits because a lot of times people think of the nonprofit sector as like, oh, you're nice, but you can go sit in the corner when in reality, a nonprofit is a business. It's just a separate tax status, right? Um, Our CEO, Matt, always says a nonprofit is a tax exemption, not a business goal, right? So you don't want to have no profit. You need profit to operate a business. I love love that saying. I probably butchered it a little bit, but that's essentially, to paraphrase Matt, that's what he says. And I think that's important because um, nonprofits need these resources as well, and they are operating as a true business. So that's my first demographic. I also think if you aren't necessarily starting, but you work at a small business or for a small company, that would be a really beneficial session for you to come and and hear about some of the resources that you could be accessing. Because sometimes, again, when you're starting your business, you don't have a ton of time to go try and hunt down all these resources. So it would be nice to say, here's X, Y, and Z. 
this is where it's located. This is the cost or, um, the f- you know, if it's free, a lot of the resources I'm going to be sharing are free. Free 99. That's just straight up free. It's actually zero dollars. Um, that's what we'll be talking about. So I think those are those are two demographics that will really benefit. But then again, if you have a tech company or a small platform or a retail shop, I think there's something for everyone because I am covering so many resources in this session. I'm actually afraid I'm going to run out of time. So people are going to walk away from your session with what? They're going to walk away with contact information for specific individuals in the startup scene and or contact information for companies or organizations that can help them. So again, that's why in the title I put wayfinding. I know that's kind of a wonky word, but I am going to try and help you find your path based on what your needs are. And then I'm going to actually show you this is the person you need to be talking to or this is the organization you need to reach out to. That is one of the biggest obstacles when I meet business owners that walk through our front doors here, they just don't know where to start or what resources to access or what they should be paying for versus what they can find for free. So that's what I'll be covering in the session. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Yeah, it'll be really fun. It's going to be fast paced. I showed you the outline of my slide deck last week. It's more slides than I've ever done. <laughs> so it's really going to be a challenge for me to just keep rolling the slide deck to keep myself on time. But uh, yeah, please come. And if you do... I would love for you to come before my session because Jake is going to be uh, speaking first. Yes. And I'm super excited about your session, Jake. So yours is right after mine. Mm-hmm. Mine is about um, video. Um, and I think it really came from experiences I have had just working with smaller businesses um, and other kind of nonprofits. You know, we have our um, the Arizona Hispanic Chamber of Commerce right next to us, and even they have, you know, come up and ask me questions about, you know, how we do our video here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think the whole thing is is kind of based around um, different needs based on your budget. Um, and so I'm going to be talking a lot about, you know, maybe you are at a point where you can only, you don't really have a lot of video needs. So maybe you're just going to hire a freelancer, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple times a year, or maybe you have it in your budget to hire um, a full-time videographer. um, And then, and then once you do that, okay, uh, what budget should you um, set aside for your equipment? Mm -hmm. You know, videographer needs his camera. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then, uh, but then I'm, I, I'm also going to sort of give a, a, a few tips to, um, maybe the smaller marketing team. Maybe you don't have the budget to hire a freelancer or mm-hmm. a full-time videographer. You, I, I know a lot of, um, marketing teams on, in, in smaller companies, you've got a lot of people wearing a lot of different hats. Absolutely. So if one of the hats that you're required to do is video person, um, I have a few tips for you just to sort of, um, just sort up the quality of your video. There are so many easy things that you can do um, to make your video not seem so amateurish mm-hmm. um, that can really help your brand. Because <clears throat> at the end of the day, that's what video is for. Mm-hmm. Video is for telling your brand's story. And it doesn't matter what your budget is. I think you can tell it well if you just know how to use the tools at your disposal. I agree. And and do you think that this session then would be helpful for people who are on the fence about video? 
as well. I, I think a lot of people who are going to attend your session want to know and they're on board with video. And I also think there's some folks who are skeptical and say, I don't have the time. You know, I don't have the means to do video. But as a video producer yourself and someone on a marketing team, wouldn't you say that it's almost going to be a requirement for any brand, be it a for-profit or nonprofit, to have some sort of video content out there in 2019? I think video is only getting bigger and bigger in terms of its use as a communications tool. Um, if you're ignoring video, you're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so, you know, and it, you don't need to have this huge commitment, this huge ten, twenty thousand $20,000 commitment um, in terms of equipment. Um, you could, I, I, like, I, I'm, I'm going to sort of be giving people grocery lists as far as it. like what to purchase, you know, based on different budgets. I love that. I've got a smartphone budget. I've got, um, you know, just the basic things that you'll need um, to to put these things together, um, whether or not, y- y- you know, maybe you're not producing commercials for television or maybe you're not producing like, like pre-roll for YouTube. Maybe you're just, you know, putting little um, announcement trailers together Mm -hmm. to put on Facebook you know Um, I think I think this this session will help people who know really nothing about video Um, really the tips I'm giving are really really basic tips Um, I'm not gonna get too in-depth because I think that um, if you're a person who's driven enough you can learn how to be a video producer on YouTube Mm -hmm. I truly believe that um, there are so many resources out there for you to learn the ins and outs of video. Um, and you know, I'm, I kind of want to show you that that exists. Yes. Um, so no matter where you are, whether you are, uh, the intern and your manager just gave you a camera and said, do some video work. That happens a lot, <laughs> yes. especially in nonprofits. Or you are, um, a hiring manager. Maybe you're the marketing director at your, um, startup or nonprofit, um, and you know, some room in the budgets opened up and you maybe want to hire a videographer. I'm going to sort of give you, um, certain things that you, that will be useful for you to know, mm-hmm. uh, when making those decisions. I love it. Yeah. And I really like that you're including startups and nonprofits. It's, uh, yeah, because it, it all comes from the idea that, um, you know, a budget is a very real and hard number and it needs to be respected. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a realistic way to go about doing video communications on any budget. So my session is going to be Thursday, March 7th at 1.30 p.m. It's going to be at Scaled Sandbox. Where's that? That is, um, I, I, I put it into Google Maps the other day and nothing came up. So I'm It's not d- open to the public yet. Is, That's it's not? why. Oh, it's around 7th Street and Indian School, though. I have the address for you. It's 3830 North 7th Street. That's where it's at. Um, it's even in our zip code, Jake. Yes. It's just, it's, it's what, like five-minute drive down yeah. the street We could us? probably walk there. Let's, let's walk there. Let's, let's drive. Oh, okay. It might rain. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it's sunshine next week, but okay. Um, Classic Arizonans never right? wanting to walk. <laughs> Hey, hey, I've it's got a car zip- payment. I'm going to make it worth it, okay? <laughs> I'm like, Jake, it's in our zip code. Let's walk there. He's like, no, let's drive. So, yes, if you are interested in uh, mine, uh, stay in your seat because right after uh, Kimberly will go up and do hers. I don't know if it's in the same room, though. I'm not sure it is because there's going to be a lot of sessions, 
But I will tell you that mine is from 3 to 3.50. So right after Jake's wraps up, there's probably going to be a little bit of time for a break and then you can stay and listen to my session. And then like we mentioned at the start of the podcast, there's an awesome happy hour and pitch competition Thursday evening, really close to where the location is um, in downtown Phoenix, just off of Central Avenue at the Foundry Hotel. And so that's going to be a really fun event to attend as well. And What's so cool to think about this year is I'm thinking, okay, we're speaking Thursday. We're speaking at the end of startup week. It's not even the end of the week because there's going to be sessions on Friday and Saturday as Mm -hmm. well. So there's a a lot of opportunity to pop in, learn something, make really awesome connections. That's that's why I love startup week. You get to meet an incredible amount of business owners and, and folks that are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be this sort of high pressure situation either. You know, last year I sat and was eating a hot dog from a food truck and someone came up and we started talking. We had a good time. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's just a great time. Good atmosphere. Lots of great information. Um, you guys should come. That's all I really have to say about the matter. And if you're interested, just go to phxstartupweek.com. Uh, and, uh, you know, buy your tickets, look up some uh, some sessions, download the Whova app. Yeah, and consider volunteering if you have the time and you want to get a free ticket, sign up to volunteer. I, I believe they are still looking for some volunteers, so the sooner the better. Um, but we hope to see you there. Yes, we do. <laughs> we'll talk at you later. We'll see you there. Catch, ya Catch on you on the, the flip, flip side. side.